Broadcasting live from Business Radio X, it's time for Coach the Coach. Welcome to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. If you want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to brxteam.com. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Josh Luke for Health. He's also a USC faculty member and podcast host, Dr. Josh Luke. How are you, man? I'm great. I'm great to be here. I'm excited to be on with you guys. Exciting stuff you guys are doing. Great work. Well, thank you, Josh. Um, Tell us about your work. How are you serving folks? Well, uh, mine's an unconventional story, so make sure you got, uh, you know, three minutes before you get out of the car here, because I actually had two older brothers in high school that uh, were professional athletes, and I remember sitting on the bench sometime my uh, senior year watching my teammates play basketball saying, hey, maybe I should uh, have a backup plan for my career just in case being a professional (laughs) athlete doesn't work out. And I set my sights on being a sports marketer, and I actually was doing very well at that out of grad school. Within a few years, I either interned or worked in some capacity for all four of the major professional sports leagues. But then my grandmother got sick, and it really impacted me. About the same time I got married, I saw my grandmother's health declining, and getting married really changed my priorities and my perspective for my career and my life and wanted to have a social mission. So I ended up in healthcare, and I trained to be a nursing home administrator so I could better understand how to meet my grandmother's needs, who was in her last few years, bless her heart. But within a few years, I was asked to come be the CEO of a small hospital in Southern California. And my first job in the hospital was actually as its CEO, and I learned on the job, questioned a lot of motives along the way. And a lot of people were like, wow, that's a big leap from a nursing home to a hospital, which it was, but they actually had a nursing home under their license. They had a psychiatric unit under their license. And they had five nursing homes across the street that had lost confidence in them. So they took a chance on me. And for four years, we kicked butt there. And then got recruited to go across town and be the CEO of the other hospital in town. So I did that for about 10 years. And then I finally left the C-suite um, to become a speaker, a public speaker. I do keynotes and write books. I have four books. The last three were bestsellers. And uh, and you can find me on LinkedIn at Dr. Josh Luke, really, as America's Healthcare Affordability Authority. That's what I do. I try to share with there are ways to spend a lot less on healthcare, whether you're a business or an employee. There's a, some ways here to spend less and actually be healthier. So that's what I do now is I advocate for reduced healthcare spending and improved healthcare access. Now, do you find that most individuals who maybe don't have an employer and are just trying to figure this out on their own are kind of overwhelmed by all of the noise that you hear? in the government and in the news about healthcare and you know, one minute it's here, one minute it could go away and just get overwhelmed by the healthcare as an issue? Well, you know, that's a, that's a big question. I think the reality is this America has done a few things. We've tuned out the banter on healthcare uh, reform uh, because the political banter has gotten so aggressive and there's really no results coming out of it. But what we've also done is just accepted that healthcare hyperinflation is part of American culture. And at some point, businesses are saying, hey, enough is enough. We can't keep paying 8 to 10% increase year over year and getting less for our dollar. So businesses are actually the ones declaring war on healthcare because the employee, the individual employee, doesn't feel like they have the muscle to be heard. 
So the way that businesses have done this, though, is through consumerism by really transferring the burden of the additional expense to the employee as a way to say, hey, if you aren't going to pay attention, if you're not going to become an EHC, I call it an EHC, an engaged healthcare consumer, you are going to pay a higher deductible and you're going to pay more. But the reason we're switching to a high deductible plan is because one of the options anytime you have an episode of care, such as a surgery or procedure having a baby, is to go to our chosen center of excellence, our in-network center, and pay less. In fact, you might have a zero copay, but we need you to pay attention and become an EHC, an engaged healthcare consumer. You shop for cars, you shop for houses. Why don't you shop for healthcare? It's your body and your health that we're talking about here. But isn't the inherent confusion in the fact of healthcare is one thing and healthcare insurance is something else? And they get kind of conflated. And what people want is healthcare, and healthcare insurance kind of is the way that you pay for it nowadays. But couldn't we create a system so, where healthcare insurance is more like car insurance that I just need it for catastrophic things, but I'll handle all the kind of day to day operational costs on my own? Yeah, and I think what you hit on is just that, that other types of insurance are just catastrophic. And so you see a move in that direction, which is, of course, a move towards high deductible plans and an and, uh, you know, emphasis on consumerism in healthcare. But the reality is you're right that Americans have ignored health insurance and paid the extra amount because it's a frustrating topic and, and naturally it's impacting your health. Let me ask you if you have um, ever heard of any of these companies because there's a handful of companies last year that really declared war on healthcare hyperinflation and said we're no longer going to pay this outrageous amount and these increases every year for healthcare because it's bankrupting our business. You might have heard of one of them. Let me just list a few. Uh, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, um, uh, who else? Did I, I missed some. Walmart, on down the line, all these people last year declared war on healthcare and said, we're getting rid of our insurer, we're going to direct contract, we're going to start our own pharmacy, whatever it might be. It's the companies that are declaring war and they're bringing the American individual like yourself and myself along with them. Right. But again, you're not declaring war on health care. You're declaring war on health care insurance and how it's paid for. I think everybody understands the importance of health care. It's just that the insurance part just muddies the water. Yeah, no, and I think you're right. And, and so I think the way we accomplish both is by your listeners who are business owners or manage benefits for their organization or our human resources representatives from their organization, guys. We have a not-for-profit called healthwealth.com. Uh, it's health-wealth.com and to drjoshluke.com. And when you go there, there's an assessment for your company that shows you how much wasteful healthcare spending you're doing. There's a transformation hub that's about to launch where it's got all these different resources that you can use once you do that assessment um, to bring that cost down. But uh, are you going to have the courage to be that person that declares the tipping point for your company? And I think you make a great uh, a great point. Not the tipping point to declare war on healthcare, but declare war on healthcare insurance and, and delivery and access and how it's delivered. Because Walmart did it, Amazon did it, Tesla did it, Apple did it, they all did it, Disney did it. They said, we can't keep paying this. It's our second largest expense in our company, and we don't have anybody that is accountable for maintaining it and controlling it and driving it down like we do every other expense in our company. We can't continue to do that. It's going to bankrupt us. Who's going to be 
really brave enough to declare the tipping point. Because let me make this point as well, guys. The the one thing that I've seen since I left the hospital C-suite and Forbes asked me to write the book for American businesses to pull the curtain back on hospitals and pharma and insurers and say, there is a way to make this more affordable for you. Since I became that healthcare affordability authority, you know, one of the things that, that I've realized along the way is the what's keeping HR directors and business owners from doing this, this is job preservation. Not so much business owners, but in big corporations, Fortune 500 and mid-market, if you're the HR director or VP or you're over benefit, you don't want to shake the tree and shake it up because uh, employees aren't used to this. You haven't educated them. And so the question is, are you going to be bold enough? Because your company may go out of business if you don't. This hyperinflation has just been year over year for 15 years now. It's just been out of control. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. If you want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to brxteam.com. We're visiting with Dr. Josh Luke, USC faculty member and podcast host, and he is with Josh Luke for Health. Josh, I've been listening to your conversation with Lee, and I got to tell you, anymore, anytime just the word, the phrase healthcare comes up, I'm, I'm sitting on pins and, and needles. I'm lost. I'm buried. It, as recently as this past week, my wife's had a, a few challenges with her uh, arm and shoulder mobility and the just the hoops we're jumping through to get the right kind of care appropriately covered, appropriately paid for. It's just, I mean, and, and I, I, I think I'm probably no a- exception. So there's a whole lot to be talked about with regard to all of those challenges just for us everyday uh, Americans. But I have a question with you, uh, uh, a question of you with respect to your consulting practice. How do you personally choose to to define, measure, and, and make sure that in that capacity as a consultant, coach, practitioner, that you really are delivering real impact in your work? You know, I think that's such a great question. And uh, you mentioned, so Josh Luke for health, number four is actually my Twitter handle. So I'd love for folks to Follow me on LinkedIn. They won't let me connect with you anymore because I have their maximum connections at 30,000, but follow me. and just on Twitter and I'll follow you back. But for coaches, what I think is critical for you as coaches is this, okay? Um, Look, you're there to help these people with their business, the whole business, not just what you're an expert in. There's one expense, and it's their second largest expense, that they've turned their head from. They stuck their head in the sand. They threw their head in the uh, hands in the air because they were brainwashed just like you and I were as Gen Xers and boomers, that, hey, just healthcare, it's expensive and it's gonna go up every year and this is how it's accessed, don't worry about it. Uh, HR directors and benefits advisors have been brainwashed that we have to give these benefits to be um, you know, competitive in the job market. Those are all lines that are your excuse for job preservation. That is what your client is using as an excuse. <laughs> and the excuses. Millennials are commanding more and demanding more. They are the largest generation in the workforce as of 2018. They are smarter than this. And let me poke a hole in that argument, okay? I was offered four CEO jobs and accepted them. And the only question I asked as a Gen Xer, 
who had been duped by, you know, big pharma and the insurers and the hospital industry that this is just how it is, the three largest lobbies in D.C., by the way. Okay. All I said was, hey, uh, before I take this job, is the is the healthcare insurance a PPO or an HMO? And I wanted to hear PPO. And when they said that, I was happy. Guess what? I hate my PPO, and so do you, and so does every other American. Okay, <laughs> because it's un-American. But induced into thinking, oh, it's the better option. There are so many better options out there. And even though the the uh, Trump administration and the Republican majority prior to the most recent election tried three times to undo the ACA. Um, what they did do after three strikes and you're out, okay, was they did two little tweaks that, that opened the door for businesses, mid-sized, Fortune 5, and small businesses to get really creative and offer enhanced benefits to people. They passed the Association Health Plan Bill, which basically allowed people to get creative and cross state lines. And they also ended the mandate that you have to have insurance. So companies across the country are saying, hey, instead of our crummy plan that your nose crummy because it's been covering you for three years. How about if we give you 300 bucks a month to buy whatever plan you want on the market or towards your spouse's plan? These are the things that are, they're there, they're real. They're not, you know, this pioneering thing. They're, they're out there and they're available. And those are the things that we try to make available at drjoshluke.com, our not-for-profit health dash wealth, uh, which is also at health-wealth.com. So. Now, uh, do you have any or can you share any resources that can help the person that's out there that's confused, kind of vet who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? <laughs> yeah, it's really the, the good guys and the bad guys are the good guys are the people that are willing to say, hey, let's declare our tipping point that we don't want health care to break our company like it's breaking our family budget. Right. So. Uh, for example, in my book from Forbes, which is called Health Wealth, Is Healthcare Bankrupting Your Business? Nine Steps to Financial Recovery. Um, the, the first part basically says, look, your employees have to engage, and that's only going to happen when you as their leader of benefits or human resources or owner or coach uh, educates them and creates a culture where they can engage in healthcare, number one. Now you've got them all to buy into being engaged healthcare consumers, and the way you do that is by asking them to develop a 3P plan, a plan based on preventative medicine and personalized medicine. Once they've made the decision to do that, it's going to save them up to 30%, a couple thousand dollars a year right off the bat, save the company tenfold that, okay? Now you look at those nine steps, and here's what a few of them are. Get your DNA test done, your full genome sequence, so you know which medications work for you and which don't. You know which generic meds work for you at sometimes, you know, a tenth of the price and which ones don't. You know at what dosage. Now you have your nutrigenomic makeup too. You know which foods are blockers and are not healthy for you. Then you can have your microbiome done. These are benefits that I encourage companies to provide to their employees to make sure that their employees are becoming EHCs as a retention benefit, right? At what point can we say, hey, our employees are going to get, we're going to offer them a free, um, you know, DNA test as a retention bonus after one or two years on the job. These are important things that you can offer. What about naturopathic or integrative or functional medicine? They're, they're really one and the same, but as Gen Xers, and again, guys, I'm a proud Gen Xer, but I really embrace and educate people on millennial culture, okay, because it's, it's mainstream culture now. As Gen Xers, you know, we were, believe, we were led to believe that if you're ill, you need a pill. Did you know in the, in the 1950s and 60s, there were more than 120 university programs in the United States on natural and functional medicine? 
Why did those go away? They went away because Big Pharma, the biggest lobby in D.C., wanted them to go away, and they wanted us to buy in to the thought process that if you're ill, you need a pill. And, the, hey, I, they won. I was brainwashed that way. And we were, you know, think about in the 70s and 80s and even in the 90s, these television shows about natural medicine. No, no. They called it Eastern medicine. There was always incense burning in the waiting room, right? <laughs> it's Eastern medicine. It's witchcraft. No, right. It's natural medicine that should be used to complement Western medicine. Know what you're eating. Know which drugs work on your body. Get a roadmap of your personal body and start down that path of personalized health and preventative medicine. Well, if you were to give um, our coaches one actionable piece of advice that can help them, because most of them are either solopreneurs or part of small firms, what is the uh, one or two things they can do immediately, low-hanging fruit that can help them save money in their health care? Um, the simple steps right off the bat are engaged, okay? Um, I want you also to um, go to a website called GoodRx. Uh, next time you need to buy a medication, type in your zip code, the name of the med, and it'll tell you uh, what it costs everywhere with your insurance. you got to type in your zip code and your insurance, and it'll say, here's what it costs at every drugstore within five miles of you, or if you mail order it, or if you want it delivered. So that one right off the bat, particularly if you have a, a chronic disease or a family member who has a chronic disease, I want you also to ask next time you have a procedure or a test done or are going to have a baby, go to your HR director and say, hey, where is the center of excellence? Which hospital am I going to have a cheaper copay at? Because oftentimes the hot, your HR director might say, hey, we'll actually pay your copay if you go here because the, the employer saves twenty or $30,000. So these are all concepts you can read about in either of my health wealth books that are both available on Amazon. They're both bestsellers. Was really blessed that people responded that way to him. Um, health wealth is healthcare bankrupting your business from Forbes. And then this year, I just released uh, Health Wealth for You uh, from Advantage Media, both available on Amazon. Or they're both at 99 cents right now. There's a promo for your um, Kindle, so you can check that out. And as you mentioned, I do host a podcast, the Health Wealth Podcast, that you can find at drjoshluke.com. But we're relaunching it May 1st under the new name of Dr. Luke's Waiting Room, the Healthcare Authority podcast. We'll have a bunch of new episodes appearing then. Good stuff. Josh, Luke, thank you so much for sharing your story today. It has been fun, guys. I love to coach. And I'm friends with all these coaches because there's so many of them on LinkedIn and Twitter. And, you know, I'm an advocate for uh, social media and getting the story out there. So, uh, coaches, uh, thanks for listening. And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on LinkedIn, the same way Lee and I met each other on LinkedIn. And let's connect and uh, teach each other how to get better at what we do. All right. Thank you, Dr. Josh Luke. Can be found at drjoshluke.com. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Paper. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 